Welcome, and thanks for joining the journey. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm a worship pastor in Ohio and the creator and host of the Journey podcast and website. I'm on a journey to yes as I follow the Lord's leading in this season of my life, and I hope to inspire others to step out of the boat like Peter and walk on water, never looking to the left or right and getting distracted, but rather fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. My hope is that you find Jesus in your journey as you hear about my journey and the journey of those in the Bible who join Jesus along the way. I pray that you allow him to meet you where you are and trust him as he takes you where he wants you to go. Enjoy the journey. Welcome to episode 32 of The Journey. Today's episode is called Worth the Work, and it's a Bible episode uh, that is about one of my favorite women, probably someone who is not really mentioned a lot, which is funny because there's an entire book dedicated to her. But I um, I, I want to talk about the story of Ruth uh, found in the book of Ruth and point out some highlights and places where I feel maybe we can get some application to our lives today. And as always, when I do a Bible journey episode, I like to dive into some of the backstory and provide some insight into maybe the significance of this person and why uh, I've chosen this story for today. And so Ruth is an absolutely amazing woman. Again, I, I kind of feel like maybe underrated a little bit, not not talked about, preached about too much, but certainly worth a, a discussion. Um, Ruth, her husband died, and so she was left with a decision at that time. She could choose to go back home and return to her family and her people, or she could choose to stay with her mother-in-law, Naomi. And her sister-in-law, Orpah, also lost her husband. Um, so they both of the brothers have died. And so Orpah and Ruth are in this same decision-making moment where they decide to go back or stay. And Orpah decides that it's best for her to go back to her family. And Ruth, however, despite Naomi's um, encouragement for them to go home, Ruth says, I'm staying here. And this is actually what it says in the book of Ruth. It says, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. That's uh, that's that's pretty intense if you ask me. So we've got two women married to two men. Those men die, and they choose what's best for them, going home or staying with their mother-in-law. And so Ruth she does that. She chooses to stay with her mother-in-law. And I, I told you, she's absolutely amazing. I mean, she, for goodness sake, she says, don't tell me to leave you again. This is what I'm doing. I'm telling you, this is what's happening. And may the Lord deal with me ever so severely should I do anything other than what I'm telling you today. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know about you, but if I were put in the same situation, I don't know that I would be so bold to make those statements. And not only maybe to make the statements, but to follow through with the, the promise of that. And so I just want to I, I want to point out the significance of Ruth in this decision. And so there are so many ways that I could choose to take this episode today when we're talking about Ruth. And obviously, one theme that pops out immediately to me is loyalty and devotion. And I was talking to my family about this, and my mom was like, "Yeah, Ruth to Naomi, her devotion, Ruth's devotion, devotion to Naomi, Boaz then to Ruth, which we'll get to Boaz here in a minute, and then ultimately God to us, because that's really what this p- entire picture for this uh, this book of the Bible is all about is God's ultimate love and devotion to us um, as told through this story. And so as much as I would love to talk about that particular aspect of the story, that's not 
uh, where we're headed today. So if you're curious about that devotion, go read chapter one, go read chapter two. Actually, there's only four chapters, so read all of it so you get the full picture. But I was talking to my um, my in-laws, actually, the other day and just said, you know, um, my mother-in-law was telling me that she had listened to some of my episodes and she's like, they were so uplifting and encouraging. And I said, you know, I'm I'm kind of stumped right now um, as to what I'm I'm going to do next. And my father-in-law pipes in in the background and he says, I know what you should do. I think you should do the story of Ruth and Harvest. And so I was like, yeah, I'll tuck that back in the back of my head, see where I can go with that and how I can make a connection to Harvest because you're going to find out in a minute that does have something to do with the story. But every time I think of Ruth, my first initial thought is this loyalty and devotion and um, God's hand woven through the uh, connection of dots throughout the story. So, so today I'm taking the route of harvest and making that applicable. So, and that's where we actually find Ruth and Naomi as we continue in the story. So, so Ruth makes this decision, I'm staying with Naomi. And so they end up traveling on to Bethlehem. So they're going to Naomi's, uh, where Naomi lives, and they arrive as it's barley and wheat harvest season. It's just the beginning of that season. And so they're in need of food. And Ruth suggests that maybe she should go to a field and pick up the leftover grain since she's, you know, foreign to this area. She's like, maybe I should just go find a field and pick up the leftover grain and hopefully I can find favor with someone who will allow me to do just that because again she's going to be a stranger walking onto someone's land saying hey I, I, I'm starving can I snag some food for me and my mother-in-law so it just so happens that Ruth chooses to work in a field owned by a man named Boaz remember earlier I said Ruth's devotion to Naomi Boaz's devotion to Ruth God's devotion to us so Boaz and the reason I bring this up is because we're going to be talking about him but Naomi again, is Ruth's mother-in-law. Remember Ruth and Orpah. They were sister-in-laws. They were married to brothers. Those brothers were Naomi's sons. Naomi lost both of her sons to death, and she also lost her husband. So this woman is extremely bitter. Matter of fact, she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because I'm bitter. And, and so I'm bringing this up because Boaz is a relative of Naomi's dead husband. So the fact that Ruth goes to a field, which just so happens to be the field owned by Boaz, is not a coincidence to me. I talk about this a lot, how I don't find things to be coincidental. I usually find them to be God-divined opportunities. And so I personally believe God's provision was all over the story from the beginning, and he divinely orchestrated this particular encounter. So it says in chapter 2 that Boaz said to Ruth, so Ruth had been working in the field, and he comes up and he greets the harvesters and he greets the people around. And, you know, who who are you? And she kind of says so. And this, this is what he says. He says, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along with the other girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. So Ruth is shocked by this statement, right? She's never met this man before. She doesn't know where she's, uh, where she's hap- happened to uh, arrive, right? She just thinks she's doing what she needs to do for the day. And so she questions why and how she's found such favor in this man's eyes as a foreigner. And this is what Boaz says. He replies, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you didn't know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That is so beautiful. I love the interaction between Ruth and Boaz. Ruth's character and integrity 
integrity all obviously have preceded her. Uh, she didn't have to introduce herself because Boaz clearly already knew what he needed to know to uh, allow her the opportunity to stay and work and do what it is she needed. So R Ruth worked hard all day and late into the evening. That's what the scripture says. She worked into the evening um, to to get this grain so that she can have some food and some sustenance for her and her mother-in-law. So let's look exactly at what Ruth did throughout her day. So this is what it says in the Bible. I'm going to kind of paraphrase and just give you a, a visual of what happened. So it says that she was following behind the men who were harvesting the wheat and barley and she picked up what was left. She had to essentially stoop low to the ground because, again, she was grabbing what was left. So they're taking it off of the plants itself and they're dropping pieces along the way. You can probably envision like these rows of of uh, barley and wheat planted and they're walking between grabbing what they need and as they are grabbing they're they're dropping crumbs right so she's grabbing every single piece she can piece by piece and holding tight to it uh, in order to store it up and take some home to then thresh and winnow so they could get the nourishment from it so if you've never heard of threshing or winnowing it's mentioned several times in the in the bible so i want to explain that process so again you can understand and visualize exactly the process Ruth went through to get the food that she needed. So after Ruth picked up every piece of wheat and barley that was dropped and left behind by the men working in the fields, she then went home to thresh it. And threshing means to separate the grain from the plant itself. So typically, you can imagine today, that's done by a machine. Obviously, back then, Ruth only had her hands. So I can imagine her hands are cramping, they're, they're sore, she's hot, she's sweaty. It's a tedious kind of work. And then after that, she has to winnow it. And winnowing means that you blow a current of air through the grain in order to remove the chaff so that you can have, and the chaff is the outside husk of the wheat and the barley, so that then you can grind down this grain, all again done by hand, in order to have this product to turn into food. So it says that at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to use the our version of the measurements, but it says that she was left with a five and a half gallon tub of barley to be used for this nourishment. So she goes through this whole process, again, not just for herself, she's working also for Naomi so that Naomi can eat too. So all of this is done in this day's time on this field who of, a, of what she thought was a stranger, but in fact has happened to be a relative of her mother-in-law. So you might be thinking, okay, so what's the point? How's it relevant to me? Uh, help me understand why you've spent so much time explaining the process because you said in the beginning that this was going to be something that was applicable and I'm not going to go out anytime soon to be plucking wheat and barley and using my hands to do what I need to do to get food. I'll just go buy a loaf of bread. I'm glad that you've wondered such things. I'm glad that you're asking these questions uh, because again, I'm trying to make this connection to harvest, right? Because it's barley and wheat harvesting season at this moment in the Bible when Ruth is working. And so I could easily say, okay, so we're going to stop there. We're going to switch over to Matthew and we're going to talk about how the harvest is plentiful. It's ripe, but the laborers are few. And, you know, we need more people to be working for the kingdom because there are so many people out there who are hungry and ready and just waiting for someone else to come and, and preach the good news. And I'm going to tell you, there is so much truth to that statement, and it's definitely worth mentioning. And I could spend an entire episode just on the fact that that, there, that is in fact reality for today. There are so many people hungering and searching for the truth, and the harvest is in fact ripe. So seriously, we need more laborers to go do the work of the Lord. But I want to take a different approach. So I want to relate what Ruth did with the grain to what we should do 
with the word of God. So Ruth worked all day, right? I, I've said she's worked hard all day to reap the benefits of her labor. And so in order to be nourished, she had to put the work in. She, she didn't just go sit on her hands and expect the grain to come to her and be immediately ready for consumption, right? I just went over the steps that she took throughout that day in order to be prepared to eat the food. She didn't order someone around. She didn't walk up to that field and say, hey, you worker over there, can you go ahead and whatever it is you're working on, can you do double so that I can have a portion of what you have? No, she did the work and she knew that if she wanted it, she had to go get it for herself. And so I've had many conversations actually over the last year or so where I've talked to people Uh, Some people who have been in the church for a long time and in relationship with Jesus for a while, some people who are new, some people who don't even go to church at all, but have started asking some curious questions and they, and they say things like, you know, I don't, I don't hear from God or I just, I can't read the Bible because I I don't even know where to begin. So it's just easier to not do it than to open it up and find a random verse and think what in the world does that have to do with me? Or, or maybe they say something like, I can't pray. I, I just, I don't know how to pray. God seems like he's so far away. He's never listening. I, I don't hear, you know, when I ask a question or when I, when I say something or something goes the opposite direction of the thing that I was praying for. So I just, I don't know how to do that. So I'd rather not do that. And so I, I totally get this mentality of all three of those scenarios, right? Not being able to hear from God, not wanting to open the Bible and read it because maybe you don't know where to begin or how to understand it. And also like this this, if I talk to God, he just seems so far away. I don't know how I can tap in and get closer. I, I understand that mentality. I've been there before, but I don't stay there. I put in the work, right? So I don't just show up on a Sunday to be fed by a pastor, to be led uh, by a worship leader and to stand and to soak all that in and do nothing else throughout the week in the hopes that what I've seen and experienced and heard on a Sunday morning fills me up and lasts me through until the next Sunday. That's that's not what I do. I I, I put in my own work. I listen to other messages throughout the week. I I do my study and my research for this podcast. I spend time uh, at my keyboard playing and worshiping uh, privately so that I can be ready to lead worship on a Sunday morning. And so, so like Ruth, you know, let's think in terms of Ruth. If she decided she wasn't, wasn't even going to show up into a field and she just expected the grain to appear at their doorstep, do you think she would have found success? And you're going, that was a stupid question. You know the answer. The answer is no. You're right. You're right. So why did I ask that? Because she put in the work. But what if Ruth decided she was going to show up to a field, but that she was going to stand on the side and she was going to watch the workers in the hopes that maybe they would have pity on her and just bring her a bucket of of grain? Do you think that any of them would have gone a second time to pick up the pieces left and then to give her the leftovers? Again, likely not not going to happen. She put in the work and the effort. Ruth knew what she had to do to be nourished. And yes, I'm talking about physically being nourished, but in the same regard, we have to do the same thing. And being in a relationship with Jesus is is obviously it's critical. I think it's essential to our everyday lives. And but part of that walk with him includes getting our spiritual nourishment from the from the Bible, from the word. And it talks about in the Bible not just staying on milk, right? But getting to the meat. And so we can't just expect to have a Bible on the shelf of our home gathering dust and say, oh, okay, I got that done. I got the Bible on the shelf. That's like having a can of soup sitting on a counter and looking at it in the hopes that just by looking at the can of soup, your belly is going to be full and and you can have what you need to sustain yourself to the next meal. Again, you're probably going, that's dumb. That's not going to happen. 
Well, I'm here to tell you there are, are some people who probably live that mentality with, with the Bible. Okay, I got my Bible. It's in my bag. I got my Bible. It's on my shelf, but you haven't cracked it open and you, you don't even know how long, right? And if for some of you, maybe you have the Bible uploaded on your phone. So you got the app loaded. When's the last time you opened it up and actually began to go through some verses or flip to a chapter and say, okay, God, what do you have for me today? You know, we can't just open the Bible to a random page and then walk away and call it done and say, oh, well, at least I opened it for the day. That's a good first step. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to criticize or, or, or say, no, don't do that. That's a, that's a great first step. Get it off your shelf, dust it off. There is something about having a physical Bible in your hands where you can highlight and underline and take notes as opposed to your online Bible app. Again, don't get me wrong. I love my Bible app. I use it every single day, multiple times a day. But there is something about, just like yesterday, I sat with my physical Bible and flipped through the pages of the book of Ruth. And there's just something different about having it in your hands right in front of you, this physical Bible. So we have to put in the work. We have to start somewhere. And if somewhere literally means you open it up to a random page, you point your finger on a verse and you read it and you go, okay, that means nothing to me. And you walk away. That's better than nothing, right? That's better than nothing. And it might be a painful, difficult, tedious process for you. It might be because, you know, it's hard to get into a new routine or habit. It's hard to break old routines and habits. It takes a while. It's a difficult process. And just like Ruth, I I said this before. I can imagine that her fingers and her hands were sore. I can imagine she was probably sweating and exhausted. And I'm not proposing that that's the condition you're going to find yourself as you study God's word. Maybe, but doubtful. But what I'm suggesting is in the same manner in which, which Ruth found herself when working in the harvest field, we should be putting forth that same kind of effort when desiring to get our nourishment from the Bible. Because again, it's essential to living this life. I do not think we can successfully make it through without having an active prayer life, worship life, and reading the word as all parts of our relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that the word is living and active. It's not just a history book that's unrelatable. And that's, that's also why I like to, to throw in some of these Bible journeys in between because, you know, we can look at this story of Ruth and say, yeah, that was a nice story, but how does that relate to me? But yet here I am having this conversation with you and relating what Ruth did in the field with how we should be living our lives as we dive deep into God's word. And, and so there's so much truth and goodness waiting to fill your heart and mind, but it's going to take effort. It's going to require work and it most likely will be hard, but it doesn't have to be. I want you to find someone to hold you accountable. Find someone who can process what you've read and help you understand it. Maybe they can explain it to you or vice versa. You can explain to them. Don't walk the journey alone. This is what Boaz told Ruth. Remember it says, he said, stay with the girls and follow them. Ruth didn't do it alone. She put the work in, but she had other people walking alongside her. You don't have to struggle alone with this process. Find your people. If you haven't listened to those episodes on on uh, build the fire pit and being authentic and vulnerable, go listen to those. It's all about finding your people. Find your people. Join a church. Get plugged into a small group where you can do life with people. Find someone to grow in your relationship with Jesus and with others. That's what this life journey is all about, right? Jesus and people. I say that way too much, but it's true. So I'm going to say it again. Find your people and be like Ruth. Go put in the hard work. So as I sign off on this episode of The Journey, my prayer for you is that you would find the courage to be like Ruth and to put in the hard work. 
I pray that your efforts would not be in vain, but that you would begin to have personal revelation from the Holy Spirit as you open the Bible and you glean from every single word. Just like she was gleaning in the field, that's what she did. The Bible said she gleaned. She picked up every little piece that was left over. I want you to grasp everything the Lord has for you today, and I don't want you to leave any of it behind. Even the pieces that you read and go, how is that even relevant? Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and say, God, that little piece that that feels like a leftover, can you help me understand how that applies to me? Or maybe help me understand how it applies to someone that I'm going to run into today so that I can give them a message of hope and, and encouragement. And I want, and I do, I want you to take what you've gained and share it with others because Ruth didn't keep it to herself. She took back to Naomi and provided for her as well. And so I want you, I'm encouraging you and myself to let's be like Ruth today and let's put in the work because it's worth the work. Thanks for listening to The Journey. I'd love to connect with you and hear your story and how you are journeying with Jesus. You can go to my website, leahmenzie.wixsite.com slash the-journey and click the contact tab to connect with me through the form. Email me at leahmenzie at gmail.com or check me out on Instagram and send me a private message. Until next time, journey on. Journey on.